make sure that I'm on. Am I in? Because I'm good on my end. Psalms 150 and Ezekiel chapter 28. Oh, yeah, Miss, Miss Aaron's done a lot this, this afternoon. And, uh, but specifically, she's done it with a great attitude. Uh, you know, a lot of times when we get bogged down, it's so easy <laughs> to get ornery. Uh, and I, I tell you, there's times where I might get ornery in my heart or when I'm in my car thinking about things before I get my heart right, but there might be a moment or two where I get a little ornery. And I'm thankful for people that are willing to step in. The writ haulers have been a blessing here. I'm not just saying that because Brother Bob's here tonight, but uh, they've, they're they a staple in the church, and they, they sure step in and do whatever's needed, and I appreciate that. Much like a lot of folks here, amen. This is really our, our Sunday night, Wednesday night crowd, and, and uh, wow, we had such good numbers this morning, and like, like woo, amen. It's, it's, it's bad enough when the pastor's family don't even show up. I don't know what that's all about. Amen. <laughs> amen. Good to see Miss Missy. Amen. When's the last time you were here inside? Two years, three years? It's been a while. Take a walk around. It looks a lot different. Amen. Good to see you, Miss Anna. Noah's going to be bummed he didn't, he missed you. And, and I don't know your name. What's your name in the back? Miss Haley. Miss Haley. Good to see you. Amen. The title of the message tonight, and I'll try not to be long, I was shocked when I saw our YouTube channel. I was 39 minutes this morning. I did not think it was uh, that long, and um, I'm not apologizing for it. I don't try to be that long, but I was shocked when it was. But um, I'm not even going to say I don't think it's long tonight. I don't think it is, but I don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> Amen. But that's how the message is, cue the music. We know that music is an expression of the heart, plain and simple. I mean, it's just, it's just what it is. If you're feeling sad, what do you want to do? Play sad music. If you're feeling happy, you play happy music. Uh, Noah, I tell him all the time, he has it way better than I ever did, and we can all relate. Because back in the day, we would have like a cassette tape of like the Rochesters until like you get tired of it like after a month and you got to get something else in there, right? But you just play the same thing over and over to get, and that's just the way it is, right? right. Noah has such a, a long list of songs, good songs on his phone, but whatever he feels like on a whim, he, he can play it. Amen. And it's wonderful. It's a luxury. It's the, way, it's the way technology is now. I'm thankful for that. It's like the Duke boys could... Uh, they could only outrun Boss Hogg and Roscoe if a good banjo lick was being played, right? <laughs> right? Uh, but music can go both ways. You know, you can listen to music. It can literally change your mood. It, it really does. I, I uh, boy, I used to work on a, a framing crew, and it was, it was, uh, I don't know if R&B is the right term, but it was like Eminem, Snoop Dogg, uh, that genre. And I mean, all day long, it just, it wears on you. And uh, first, I get in the car and it'd be silence for the first 10 or 15 minutes. And then I'd turn on some good godly music and what a difference it would make. What a difference it would make. Uh, you don't go into an elevator and they're not playing heavy metal music. 
No, they're playing calming music because they want you to be calm. I want calm music in an elevator. That would be awful to have something upbeat and going on. Amen. I remember I read an article, this was years and years ago, where, where they're doing um, the effects of music on insects, and they're using termites specifically. And, and they played classical music. Um, they, they let loose these termites in this house that need to be condemned. They let loose these termites in there, knowing they're going to eat the wood. And, and, and the rate of which they ate the wood was like so much um, when it was classical music. And they play heavy metal music, and it was three times quicker they ate the house, right? Right? And, and I know it's funny, but like music has an effect. It really does. And, and whether we realize it or not, it absolutely does unequivocally in more ways than one. Psalms chapter 150, verse 1, it says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timber and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Amen. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Brother Zalers, would you open this message in a word of prayer, sir? Number one, God made music. Here's an interesting thought that I was really pondering yesterday uh, as I did nothing but sit on my lazy boy and just studied all day. It was pretty, I, you know what, I could be a full-time preacher. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Uh, I actually took a break here to shovel. Amen. But here's an interesting thought. God created music before creation as we know it. Before everything we see, before earth, before mankind, before the waters, before the animals and the fowl and everything in the ocean, God had already created music. That's something to think about. That's something. Ezekiel chapter 28, 13, I trust you're already there. This is, by the way, a description of Lucifer, by the way. It says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, the topaz, jump right to the end of the verse here where it says, The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. A tablet is a tambourine, like a drum. God literally created Satan with, 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 with built-in instruments. That's something worth pondering over. That, that's not just random. And, and that's as far as what we see in Scripture. There's not like a whole, I don't know if my terminology is right, a whole race of celestial beings that have musical instruments. Nothing shows us anything of that. Could be, but it doesn't say that. God created Lucifer with built-in instruments. That's interesting. We know that Satan had an influence of heaven. He convinced, we, we believe, a third of heaven's angels, a whole bunch of them anyways, but we believe a third to rebel against God. 
That's powerful. I mean, I mean, I don't know if we ever stopped to ponder that. And I don't want to be at 39 minutes again, amen, but you're in heaven. You're in heaven. I mean, all the glories are in heaven are right in front of you. And, and how, how, how many, that, that's without time there, so we can't even imagine. But, but how long did they enjoy the blessings of heaven and the glory of God and being in the presence of God and decide, you know what? I'm going to go with old Lucifer and his rebellion against God. Are you kidding me? Clearly, the one who has built-in instruments has influence on heavenly beings. What I'm saying tonight is music is extremely powerful. It influences us physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And I'm... I can be dogmatic and say that Satan is well aware of the power of music. So if God made music and music was in heaven, and what did God make music for? These are fair questions to ask. I think the obvious answer to any Christian that studied their Bible would be, well, God made music for his glory. It wasn't for man's glory. Uh, Satan wasn't, uh, doesn't have these built-in instruments so that he can praise man. No. I think we can be pretty dogmatic to say it's for God's glory was the reason for it. Why did God make man for God's glory? Why did God make the sun, moon, and stars for his glory? We would be ignorant to think that, that the purpose of music is anything other than to glorify God. Yet... Here in 2023, we have many Christians listening to anything but God-honoring music. And I guarantee you, let me just insert this here, that if right now, if you're thinking in your mind, that if if you listen to anything that's not God-honoring, right now you're justifying what you listen to. We're going to say things like, it's not that bad. It only cusses sometimes. It's not that bad. It only glorifies drinking some of the time, not all the time. It's not that bad because it's not as bad as some other genres of music or some other lyrics. It glorifies fornication not all the time. That's arguable. Which brings me to point number two. Satan uses music. I believe with all my heart, that there is a great misconception of music, that it is all just neutral. No. No. It has an effect on your spirit, let alone your mind and your body. While studying for this message, I found myself doing some research on how music affects the brain as well as other benefits from it. And just some interesting things... um, I learned, and, and, and I just I actually watched videos, and you can go on YouTube and see this. It's neat. Um, brain surgeons doing surgery on people's brains. One guy, one guy was a guitar player. They had him playing guitar, Mexican, playing Mexican finger-picky stuff, while doing brain surgery. I don't, 
somebody else might know that, that it could help them where to guide, where to go for the brain surgery. Doing brain surgery while playing guitar, or you know, on somebody that's playing guitar. Uh, another person uh, was playing a flute while they got like, you know, paper barricades, and there's doctors literally working on their brain while this person's playing a flute. Very interesting. <laughs> Very. <laughs> Where man has come, it, it amazed me watching these. And in the medical world, I, I see that studies show that listening to classical music is very similar to sedatives for anxiety. I've always called classical music thinking music. Um, um, I think it, it causes you to think, Amen. There's a hospital in Canada that's well known for doing specific, a specific procedure on the femur bone. And the problem is that the sedative that they give you apparently is so powerful that it brings you close to death. So they brought in scientists and were like, hey, what, what can we do about this? Because it's not, it's not good for our patients to go that close to death. And what can we? So they, they come up with, they played them Bach for 15, just 15 minutes before surgery. Then they give them the sedative. They only needed half the dose of whatever it was. Very interesting. The effect that music has on us. Whether we want to admit it or not, music affects us. We want to act like things don't affect us, but they do. And music can affect us in a good way. It can affect us in a bad way. I heard someone say that this is why we got to research things. Just because someone says it doesn't make it true. And this person was completely wrong. He's a preacher. He's preaching. Uh, and uh, uh, he was saying that when you listen, if I get it right, when you listen to music, it, it shuts down your left brain and only your right brain is enacted. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, you know, I'm, I'm interested in that. And, and when you're doing smart things like accounting and thinking, only your left brain is, enact, is active and engaged and your right brain shuts down. I'm like, well, it's interesting. Well, let me, let me look that up. He couldn't have been further from the truth. <laughs> In fact, music is one of the few things that really engages everywhere in your brain. I found that so intriguing, intriguing. I can't, I can't, uh, some, some people, some people like to fall asleep listening to music. I cannot because I'm thinking about, oh, the fiddle would sound good here. It should, it should go like, I would like that better if it did that. And my brain's going that direction instead of just listening to it. Amen. Let me say this as we turn to Romans chapter 12. And, and, and this might rub hair the wrong way, but the kind of music that you listen to is a direct reflection of your spiritual walk with Christ. Right. If you spend more music, spend more time listening to music that glorifies the world, then, then your mind is most of the time not on Christ. Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. You say, Pastor Gunther, you're not innocent. Oh, I know. I, absolutely. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I, I beseech you, uh, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. We know this verse. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Look at this. By what? 
by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, that and acceptable and perfect will of God. I had to look up the word renew just to double check. I knew what I was thinking. And it means to make new again, to restore to freshness, perfection, or vigor, to give new life to, to rejuvenate, to reestablish, to recreate, to rebuild. You cannot, you cannot be thinking on godly things if the world music is in your ear, period. You just can't. You're not going to renew your mind by listening to the world's music. Monday through Saturday, we're listening to, I get knocked down, but I get up again, do, 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 all Monday through Saturday, then Sunday morning we'll sing three songs, Jesus is the sweetest name I know, and he's just the same. I'm going to buy me a Mercury and cruise it up and down the road Monday through Saturday. Then for a couple hours Sunday morning, in shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet. We're going to spend Monday through Saturday listening to, and I'm free, free falling. Then we come to church Sunday morning, we sing, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Except for not giving my heart and my mind to the Lord all week long. I just want to do it just for this time. I'd rather have you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You're the sweetest name I know. But I'm only going to sing about you and think about you one day of the week for a couple of hours. We've all been guilty of this at times. But it's the truth. The question is, do we want to grow the spiritual man or not? We, we, we know we ought to. We know we want to. But we're so used to living in the world and we're so used to the worldly things that, well, it's not so bad. It's not as bad. And we're putting away godly music. We're not worried about restoring our mind. We're not worried about the inner man. That should be the most thing that we're most important, the, the most important to us. Renewing the inner man, renewing our mind. But we don't think of these things. Remember Elijah and Mount Carmel? How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then serve him. If Baal be God, then serve him. But yet we want to find a happy medium between the world's music and godly music. And it's, it's both okay as long as we just put it in its place. And what we mean by that is an hour on Sunday, God can have his little box. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That's, that's us, y'all. That ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. That, that's before we were saved, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Satan wants the glory, and music is like one of the greatest tools he's ever had for it. He was literally built for it. Remember Daniel in the lion's den? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's the same 
It's the same thing. They had to bow down to the music and serve not God. Amen. They had to serve, uh, bow down to King Darius and Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. They refused to give anybody but God the glory. And can I tell you that Satan is thrilled when people are bowing down to anybody but God. Daniel chapter 6, verse 4, you're probably there already. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him, occurring, uh, against him concerning the law of his God. Can I ask you this? And, and I know <clears throat> the way we're raised and the culture we're raised, we are, it's, it's like we're taught to suppress godliness. We're, 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 we're taught to lift up worldliness <clears throat> and like I mentioned this morning <clears throat> the further way the further we rebel the further from truth we get the more the more um, uh, radical truth seems that's why when you preach the Bible every generation becomes more radical it's like that gutter man that came to do gutter work for us. What did he say? He said, um, what was his words? Did he say, or oh, are you one of those extreme Baptists? I think that's the words he used. I said, if extreme you means we extremely just obey the word of God, then yes. And I said, if you call yourself a Christian, you should be doing the same. And then we moved on. I wanted him to do our gutters. <laughs> Amen. And he did. And he came to our live nativity with his whole family, by the way. Uh, nice family. Nice, unsaved family, but nice. Amen. But who is ultimately behind putting Daniel in the lion's den or putting Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery first? Who is ultimately behind that? Satan. It's easy to say when it's when it's outside of our world, our, our worldview box, outside of our lives, it's easy to say, oh, Satan's behind that. <clears throat> but when we apply it to our lives, yeah. and we say, who is ultimately behind ungodly music? Well, Hollywood. You know, oh, the, that artist, Eminem and Snoop Dogg. It's easy to say that. But it's not so easy to say, well, Satan's behind the music that I've been listening to. Right. That doesn't flow so well. With our current worldview. <clears throat> Can we also take a moment to acknowledge the fact that Satan literally used music and peer pressure in an attempt to cause great men to fall? <clears throat> Notice in those stories, <clears throat> sorry, I'm trying to not drink, but it's delicious. You guys are missing out. Amen. <clears throat> in both of those stories, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, and Daniel, <clears throat> everybody bowed. <clears throat> everybody bowed. Yeah. Coughed out. Yeah, brother. Amen. It's not my brand, but it'll do. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> everybody bowed. Every, everybody bowed, except for a few people. That seems kind of familiar today. Everybody's a bowing. Monday through Saturday. Most of Sunday, 
I guarantee you everyone else was saying, it's fine. It's not that bad. We can just deal with this. It's not as bad as some other kingdoms maybe. And here's what the tendency will be. Here's what our tendency will be. We'll say that our music isn't as bad as someone else's. And I'm willing to bet that whatever ungodly music we're listening to, and I'm not even preaching genres. I'm just preaching ungodly music. Let the chips fall where they may. But I'll be willing to bet that the ungodly music that we listen to is far worse than what King Darius and King Nebuchadnezzar was playing. I'll even... I'll even speculate, I'm speculating, it's probably beautiful music. I'm just speculating. It doesn't say whether it was or not. <clears throat> you say, what are you getting at, Pastor? Satan will use music to cause even the strongest Christian to fall. Number one, God made music. Number two, Satan uses music. Number three, in our final point. Music is not the only worship. If you were to ask the average Christian in America, maybe the world, what, what constitutes a good worship service? And, 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 and you might hear, I mean, you're going to get various opinions, right? But by and large, the modern-day Christian might say something like, oh, man, the energy in the room. The lights and the smoke were right on. The volume was just, oh, man, it was so loud. It's... It just caused me to just focus on the music. This is actually where I started with the message, but we're going to have to end it in a minute. You know how you start studying something and it really just, (laughs) amen. I'm going to say this and I can't stay here long because it's like a whole new message, but. It's a sad state of mind when you ask the average Christian to picture the Holy Spirit moving in a service. And the first thing, and I'm just, I'm not saying our church, I'm not, I'm saying by and large, the modern Christian of today is going to think of, huh, the Holy Spirit moving, they're going to picture a thousand people with the lights all just right with, 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 uh, uh, mu- uh, with, with dim lights and with smoke just right, blaring music, going crazy like this, they're going to think, man, God's moving there. Wow, the Holy Spirit's moving. That doesn't mean it's godly. It doesn't mean it's godly. Here's the thing about that, that the environment for worship is already there when two or more are gathered in his name. Amen. We could get Wyatt or Roman or Adeline to take turns reading the word of God. And man, we could be just worshiping for his word and praising God for it. Is it wrong to dim the lights? Boy, I sure don't like it because it's mm, trying not to get my preferences in here. But I can say this. Churches are real good at generating, generating an environment to give you an emotional experience 
Why is it that the Holy Spirit moves only during the singing time? That's not how, hey man, God could be moving in the preacher time, the invitation time. God could be moving in your car on the way home. God could be moving in your bed while you're thinking about him. Because worship isn't just during this slot of time where we sing hymns. Worship is tithing. Worship is being faithful. Worship is being a good father and a good mother. Worship is being a testimony. Worshiping is giving the gospel out. Worshiping is thinking on godly things and renewing our mind. Worship is listening to good music, godly music. Growing our inner man. That's worship. Having the mentality of, I want to grow closer to God today. How can I do that? You know a dream is like a river. Ever changing as it flows? No. No, no. You're not going to think of Garth Brooks when you want to grow closer to the Lord. Dad, I love you if you're listening, but my dad wasn't saved very long, and uh, his dentist gave him a Garth Brooks uh, best of cassette tape for like years, uh, at least two years. To and from church, we listened to Garth Brooks' best hits. <laughs> That's what it is, amen. Hey, I'll tell you this. I was so, I'm, I'm not going to touch the Asbury Revival right now, but let me say this. When Jonah gave the gospel to Nineveh, I mean, this whole city gets saved. They all got saved. They got right. They're a bunch of baby Christians. Did they get all their T's crossed properly? Were they doing things? I mean, like if we were to show up in Nineveh, We'd probably be like, are you guys kidding me? Pull your pants up. Like, are, are you kidding me? Why? Hey, don't be alone with a woman, man. That's inappropriate. Man, you just got saved. What? You should know better. No, they're baby Christians. I'm sure they were doing things that we wouldn't approve of, but they got saved. I had a Pentecostal buddy. He was, he was saved in a, I should say, a liberal contemporary Pentecostal church, a grown man. He hadn't been saved long. All he knew was rocky Christian music. You know, he couldn't stand leaning on everlasting arms. We tried to play music together at work, and it's like it just didn't work. Was he saved? I, I, with all my heart, I believe he was saved. But like, was he a baby Christian, and he didn't understand the spirit in these things? Getting off on a tangent a little bit there. To be emotional can certainly, most definitely be a symptom of God moving, but it is never a sign. It is never a sign. Worship is not dependent upon volume or lighting or emotion. That can all be generated. People get emotional. Remember uh, Barack Obama's uh, presidential rallies? I mean, people were like losing their minds like they're at a Beatles concert. Ah, and then they'd faint because they're all excited. Crazy. They're emotional. They were sincere. Was it godly? No. What are you getting at, preacher? Worship is far more than the few minutes that we spend together singing hymns and singing praises in the house of God. Oh, that's worship, all right. And I love it when Brother Tony helps me out and he's leading singing. That, amen. It's, I love it. 
I get to enjoy the service in a different way. I mean, I love leading singing, but boy, it's, I can think more and I can worship more when I'm not, I, I think. Maybe that's because I'm trying to think of the message coming up too, amen. Worship is so much more than the songs we sing. It is literally everything we do and everything that we are. And, and for some reason, maybe it's with the, the, the wow worship movement, maybe, right? Maybe that we think, well, that's worship. I had a Baptist preacher tell me that, that I was listening to Doyle Austin and Quicksilver, and he was like, well, I actually listen to worship music. I said, what are you talking about? He's singing about Jesus and going to heaven. That's worship music. He's like, no, I listen to worship. Look, it says wow worship. And he's being serious, like a, a Baptist preacher. He's been preaching 30-plus years, like, oh, my goodness. But we were made to like music. We, we were made to like it. We were made to sing. We were made to, to play, amen. We were made to worship, and music is just one of those wonderful avenues. We shouldn't, we can... And we'll close here. To turn to 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. It's be our last scripture, and we'll close in a minute. We can worship God with our time during the week. It doesn't have to be just him singing time. I know that's like an obvious worship time. You know what we're worshiping right now? By, by taking the time to listen to his word, man, that is worship. We, we have this idea that worship is this one little box. It, it's not. It, it's living for the Lord. That is worship. Growing the inner man. What greater worship is there? Amen. We can think on God with our time during the week. Thinking on the word. Meditating on it. My dad would meditate on the word of God. He would meditate and meditate. He did a lot of fasting. But I'm telling you. I made the mistake of wanting to pray with my dad one time. As a 10, 12 year old kid. I couldn't last that. Like, like We're like five minutes in, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's been quiet for a long time. My dad's just meditating. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, quench not the spirit. Amen. Here's a question I have. How do we not quench the spirit? How do we not quench the spirit? Go back a few verses to verse 16. It says, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Then it says, quench not the spirit. How do we not quench the spirit? Man, we're rejoicing all the time. Amen. Amen. We're praying. Without, we're praying. We're talking to the Lord as often as we can. And everything that happens, we give thanks. Amen. That's not easy all the time. It is not easy all the time. And shame on the Christian that only worships God during him singing. What a shallow Christian walk they're living over here Monday through Saturday. Boy, if anything, it ought to be the other way around. We're just constantly listening to the godly music, amen, all week long or, 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 or all the time. And then like a little bit at work, we're forced to listen to something else. It ought to be completely flipped. My favorite time working was as far as not financially, but but but. Maybe I could say spiritually, uh, my enjoyment at work was when I worked for myself. And I was able to do decks and roofs and, 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 and siding. Boy, I would just listen to music. I'd listen to preaching. I'd listen to Bob Duco. I just, godly things and spiritual things, boy, it really, your mind is a whole lot different. Amen. Your anxiety is going to be way less. It would be so good if we found ways to step out of our comfort zones and found different ways to worship God 
this week. Now, this is what I'm doing. I'm saying let's apply this personally. I'm not just saying this to internet land, though that's good. I'm saying this to Hope Baptist Church and to, and to Pastor Dan Gunther. Let's, let's apply this to ourselves. How can we step out of our comfort zone and worship God this week? Through witnessing, through our thoughts. Hey, if you're not thinking of godly things, change it. We can change it. We have that power. Amen. Uh, having a good attitude and a good testimony, being kind, being a good father and mother, being a good friend, by meditating on the word and spending time in prayer, that is all worship. None of which matters if you haven't accepted Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Boy, it'd be a great day to come to Christ. If you think that music is beautiful here, we actually, I don't think we can even imagine how beautiful it would be in heaven. What a thought that is. We think think about the beautiful, and I'm done, but we think about how gorgeous heaven is, and we have a few descriptions, man, like like, um, New Jerusalem, there's some descriptions, and and, and wow, we we, we think about it, and we, we, we meditate upon it. But we, as in me, I don't think about what the music sounds like too often. Clearly, it has a banjo in it. Amen. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, God, for your word.